Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 155. Due to the holiday season... It's going to be a little bit different of a format. Unfortunately, we're not going to have DraftKings lines up for this holiday weekend. But we are going to still have a bunch of fights out of Beijing. Before we get there, how have you been, Lesbo? It's American Thanksgiving. What do you have things to give for? We eat turkey because it's not our nation's bird. Can you imagine if we would have made turkey because that was supposed to be our nation bird? nation's bird? We'd eat bald eagles for Thanksgiving, probably. I if the think... pilgrims would have strolled up and the Indians were eating bald eagles. We would have been eating bald eagles. It would be... Interesting. I didn't think about that. Bald eagles. Wow. They would be big old fat bald eagles, like running around. They don't get around. that fat, though. No, but they'd be all hormoned up, oh, all GMO <laughs> hormoned up, all fat because breaking their legs. <laughs> yeah, we'll break your legs. We were just talking about how there was no Thanksgiving songs. It's a million dollar idea. Thanksgiving music. That is a great idea. With a great Thanksgiving song. What I would even know, know wouldn't even know the context of a Thanksgiving song other than Christmas music. My favorite one so far would be like. And everybody's favorite, sitting and sleeping, sleeping, sitting up. You might get the weird burps because you just ate your weight in turkey and mashed potatoes, people's food and community dishes. Somebody's catching a cold in this room. Somebody's having a miserable Christmas. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let's that, go shopping now. Wow. I thought that, that sounds like an instant Thanksgiving hit to me. If you had to ask me, I'd say put it on there. Singles all over the place. <laughs> and that was just one on like the album of 10. What, I think we should make it. Was that Gloria Stefan? Who, who did that cover? By this time next year, if we hit our goals of how many listeners and subscribers we have, we're not going to tell you guys what our goals are, but we're going to have our... Maybe we'll have a manifestation board. Maybe we'll write it, <laughs> but um, then we'll release a Christmas or a Thanksgiving album. The Thanksgiving spirits got it's you by the giblets. American Thanksgiving. That was a different. That's the rap song. Oh, that's a that's a rap. That's a hip hop album. That's a hip hop song. <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving's got you by the giblets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. What's definitely uh, going to be a twist to this entire weekend long is that we're going to have a Saturday 3 a.m. card out of Beijing, China. 3 a.m. on the East Coast. China is huge. China is huge. And it's going to be a huge card. China, they think they're going to have a normal time fight card. Not in America. Not unless they pay a tariff. So instead it comes on at 3 a.m. China, 3 a.m. fight card. 3 3 a.m. East Coast time. You're not going to pay the tariff. You don't come on during prime time. That's Trump time. You want a huge time? You want a huge time? You got a huge fight. At heavyweight. You want to sell lead toys to our kids and pets? You get 3 (laughs) a.m. 
That's a tariff. That was a part of the tariff deal. <laughs> yep, it was written really small. Dana White and Trump are friends. Read the fr- read the fine print, people. Read the fine fine print. <laughs> Trump and Dana White are friends. This is Trump's giving. We're gonna change it. We're gonna put a new bill in, and it's gonna now be called from this point forward Trump's giving. <laughs> <laughs> So, other than that new news that we have, new holidays being put in place here at Lab Beep, is there any other information that's been going on throughout the week that you've went that we've went over or haven't been able to give over that we want to talk about with the fans? Uh, there's been a ton of fights being signed as of late. A lot of fighters being cut, but still flyweight fights being signed. People getting their feelings hurt. Babies being okay. I saw some baby brain surgery from Ray Borg that went well, apparently. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Any other things off the top? If I were to sit and think at this moment, do our fans want us to release this content early? I think they do. Interesting. Why would you say, why Why would you? Because this is obviously going to be altered due to the holiday. Because they're going to want to download it all at their house while they have Wi-Fi so that they can listen to it on planes when they're not going to be on Wi-Fi, when they're going to be on their LTE, and it may cost money for some of them. They're going to want to have the content all available. They're going to be like, oh, I didn't know when I went to fly to my aunt's and was traveling for eight hours that you guys had another episode that was coming out. I wish I could have downloaded it when I was at my house on my Wi-Fi. I think spot on there, Lesbo. Spot so, on. You guys are going to get a holiday treat early, but no DraftKings. No DraftKings, and again... And what, we can't predict the future. I can't tell you, like, Honor Connor released a fun video, or... Well, Definitely. Let's try. Let's let's just pick what do you think is going to happen in the next three days. Oh, and you and I talked about Henry Cejudo out negotiating his... Himself his, out of his own contract. Yeah, he has to keep his own contract. Out negotiated himself after some out of some one thirty five money to fight at one twenty five. So that fight we we touched on it a few times taking place, but that's kind of funny that Ali Abdelaziz out negotiated for his boy Henry Cejudo. Definitely. So I guess do you want me to put on my prediction hat right mm-hmm. now as far as what happens? All right, I mystic think mystic bean. The mystic bean is gonna be unseen right now. I'm going to say John Jones runs over a handicapped kid who has AIDS. Whoa. That's what's going to happen next. <laughs> I know. When a little dark, I'm just saying. Mine was small. Mine was like, <laughs> we're going to see Bullet Shevchenko on Ariel Hawani talking about, I will believe when Joanna when I see it. Some say she might have problems getting to fight. I thought you wanted good news. I thought you wanted fun news. I was That's fun. <laughs> I thought you wanted something uplifting for the holiday. I thought you were slapping a beat. <laughs> that's what John Jones news is going to happen. Jones. Little Thanksgiving miracle. John Jones. Not that that's a miracle. That would I be a tragedy. Have, is that song about John Jones? Which is that? Which John one? Jones. John Jones. I don't think there is a song. I think we have our own personal song. Oh, that's not a, a hip hop song? Oh, Jones. No, it's Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anything, I guess, other hard topics we want to hit this on? This comes on at a weird time. Friends? Check your local listings. We know it's weird for us, but if you are in China, you have a little gift. Maybe it's a gift. Definitely. To China. Maybe you. You lose tariffs, but you get a UFC card that comes on in your schedule. What I don't want to do is, um, 
absolutely promise this, but I feel like because we're not going to do, we're not going to have DraftKings in this, that maybe later on we post the wager gauger slash underdog once the lines do come out just to kind of something text wise we will do something more on the actual fight days and beforehand maybe we'll release we were talking about new ways we could set up maybe giving you a parlay idea right um maybe giving you our full cards with the circle every time like coming out with it we try to most of the time but when when it's smaller cards like this usually we don't but since the holiday we will give you so make sure you're following us at twitter and we will try to release it at instagram so make sure you're following us there everywhere lesbo and the bean so don't think that this is it and done for the holiday weekend. Don't think that just because you download this one episode, it's Hashtag it. KIT. Just saying. Keep in touch, bitches. Just saying. Keep in touch, bitches. So. XOXO, Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect way to start off the 12-card bout. UFC Fight Night 144 out of Beijing, China. This is going to be a fight card or a fight pass card. So if you aren't subscribed to Fight Pass... You better be because you're going to be streaming like the bean in the woods, eating up all his data for the month. But you got to do what you got to do. Got to make some sacrifices out there. So, you know how we like to do here. We start from the bottom to the top and uh, we're going to have some crazy ass names. We're going to have some crazy ass styles and uh, have fun with this one. Louis Smoka coming back. Are we high in elevation or high on PEDs? Do we have to worry about that in China? I think we're high on synthetic propylene food because it's probably all plastic. Like next level stuff. <laughs> yeah, like it's not even real food. Like they're fake wax eggs. That they're Are you telling you. me they're drinking their pee-pee? They're, yeah, the sewage Joe <laughs> Rogan. They're turning their old sewage into oil. Look that up if you want to make yourself sick. Just throwing that out there. So, good point though. If there's fighters that are going to come down with an illness, it's going to be the fighters that decide to go eat cart food in China that are like, I have oh, food poisoning. You know who always comes down with an illness? Diego Sanchez. Louis Smoka. Ever, well, <laughs> amongst other things, as we were saying, we're starting off the night at 135 pounds with returning Luis Smoka, 14-5 and five against debuting Samjuri Tandiri, which we don't have that name on. Tapology because that is a young, young fighter. I believe he was only 18 years old fighting out of China, even though the more that I found out about that young fighter, he's actually fighting out of Tibet. Free Tibet. I don't know what that means, but I know I've seen it on a bumper sticker once. <laughs> and, uh, um, China actually owns the rights to the next Dalai Lama. That is exactly For why. a different podcast. Definitely. Definitely, definitely for a different podcast, but good point of why. So just some of the semantics I've been hearing at, for this young man. He's 10 and 3 with a coming off of a loss against Ho Man submission less than a month ago. The 11 and 4 fighter that he lost to was also an Asian fighter fighting out of that China scene. What have we usually seen out of this Chinese fighters? Low caliber all the way around. Maybe they'll have a little bit of power, but that's kind of the um, few and far between. Those are the outliers. Outliers, I'd say, for me, a lot of Chinese fighters are decision fighters with subpar MMA skills all the way around. Not that they're coming up, but they're still a little newer to the game than we are. And I feel like a lot of Chinese fighters are coming over to the States and making leaps and bounds after we've made a couple of Do you think Asian fighters' here. tradition with their martial arts 
inhibited their growth in MMA for a while. It depends on the type of Asian fighter, though. I feel like the region really. I just mean like as society as a whole. If like overall, if like China doesn't have that strong of a base of MMA fighters. Do they market in other... Japan's an Asian one, and they have a deep base, but they have a really combat... And China has that, but it's different type of one. They still think Wang Chung is a legitimate martial art out there, which actually I'm wrong on that. They've, as of late, said it's more of a physical therapy than an actual self-defense, where they used to tell us as kids... I think everybody Wang Chung tonight. (laughs) (laughs) When we were kids, that stuff used to be real self-defense, but now you realize calf kick will score a point, but it isn't going to necessarily stop a street fight. I don't know. I... We just, didn't we just watch a fight with Ponsonibio? <laughs> but a Maggie? street fight, a real street fight. It depends how long, if you're fighting to the death, if you were like really fighting somebody and had some skill and they were like, oh, bring I'd be it. throwing elbows instead of calf kicks. I'm just saying. I'm going to throw everything I got. Yeah, I'm going to throw a trash can. And we always talk about <laughs> how hard, I'm going to throw slang. I'm going to throw mama insults. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, you don't how much care. a leg kick. Imagine just walking up and you're like standing there with someone. They don't ever, would never expect a calf kick. This is the truth. And you, if you got this one killer calf kick in, you would stop the fight. We always talk about how much worse it hurts a leg than kick. you think. Yeah, leg kicks in general. It might be an interesting technique. Like just start people like kick the living shit out of someone. It's okay. We're gonna sell Lesbo in the bean. Self defense. And it's gonna be a metal rod that ladies can wear that tapes from their uh heat their uh ankle their ankle wrist uh-huh. their wrist and their knee <laughs> their cankle. So they can and we're, you're gonna teach them how to do some kind of weird kick and just a t- traditional you know yeah. professional kick. Yeah. But it's gonna be like a rod that goes there to make it like. Hurt like a mother mother. Uh, all right. I like what you're saying here. We're going to definitely have to uh, get with the Lat B law department and, and we'll figure that out. We'll call it like some animal that kicks. Like, the Lat B llama. Get yourself the Lat B jackass. <laughs> get your mule the lap B leg. on, the ladies. The Lat B leg. Yeah. <laughs> ladies, you want to be safe while you're walking to the parking lot at night? Okay. So with some, some duty... He is a prototypical prototypical Asian fighter, the young 22-year-old. Um, again, the bouts that I did see of his, both of the fighters, not just him, were swinging with really wide punches and their hands down at their waist. Again, in that lower level of competition, that's going to work. And on the ground, um, when I would see him rolling with his opponents, they both had a grasp of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and ground fighting, but a lot of their transitions were very floppy and just sloppy where luckily i would see um was there a nickname for this gentleman no sim jury would just be on top Samandanjuri. but against louis smoka who again fought in the ufc lost to nothing but top 15 fighters got out of the ufc is coming back also being a young man out of hawaii the 27 year old for me, mentally, has been the biggest issue with Luis Smoka. In this fight, I feel like he should roll heavily. He's a better all-around fighter everywhere. Striking, especially, that jab is on point. Likes to throw a lot of uh, kicks as well in there, especially a re- rear high kick to the head. Uh, Sim Jury, I think, is, is taking way too big of a step up. Smoka, I think, is going to shine here. But a problem with Smoka, we found out with his first couple losses in the UFC, the first thing he did instead of going to the gym, he went to the bar. 
and got drunk for three weeks straight, signed another bout, went for the gym for two weeks, and then lost another fight. And he did that too many times in a row. So this young man is still developing, um, but I do think that getting on the regional scene, getting three wins in a row and coming back, it, it gave him time to grow up a little bit more, 27 year old. old. We like to tell you to stay away here at Lappy, but I think that this is levels to this shit. There's levels to this game. And I got Luis Smoka as a huge favorite here. I think he finishes round number two. Giving a little credit to the fighter, but uh, I see Smoka rolling here. Who do you have in this fight? I have dirty old Luis Smoka. <laughs> Submission round one. I think there are levels to this game. He's been through it. He knows what works for him of lately. He's not going to... this. Guy doesn't even have close to the combat that Luis Smoka's been through. And even Smoka out of the UFC. The number one thing I like about this fight for Luis Smoka, 125 mm-hmm. is awful for him. He looks so drawn out and he always looks like shit and garbage in his fights. 135, we've been loving Luis Smoka. Great so call. I am feeling this. I think I... oh. I don't want to go heavy because I'm going to stick with the lat B rule. One, this is a fight card I'm not going to go heavy with. Great call. Um, I'm going to save all my money for 231 because my girl, the bullet's on it, and she's going to cost 10 2 so I need to save the money from this card just to afford her on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> sound strategy, sound strategy. <laughs> just for the real gamblers out there, if you want a tip, a real tip. <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> but I actually might bet this fight a little bit and have smoke on it. Yeah, I agree with that. The minus 220 favorite, Luis Smoka. Yeah, decided that's favorite right. armor. Actually, I think that's wrong. You think it should be more? I think it should be minus 400. I know, maybe you're right. Yeah, so I think the line is actually kind of off here. I think Luis Smoka all the way around. I mean, there was the, the highest caliber I saw this young man fight was a Russian fighter who was deducted a point for either missing weight or having drugs in his system. I don't know. All I know is that when they started the bout in Chinese, they were like, one point Russian fighter, you get it taken away. So. Do you think they're building up the Hawaiian card? Do you think this is Smoka's uh, comeback card? I think Smoka is getting back in the UFC at the perfect time, especially with these Hawaii cards along, along the I line. I hope there are. I know there's Bellator Hawaii cards coming up, but no, I don't know any about UFC. Ooh. So I think I could move that to submission round number one. The more I'm thinking about it, I don't know why I'm giving this kid so much credit. Smoka, Smoka rolls here. Smoka rolls hard. So Lappy decided evenly on the first one. Then we move to the 135ers where we have... But still, going heavy on the first fight for me at max is 25%. Good call. It's still the first fight. Don't piss the night away. <laughs> <laughs> I could go back into a different one, but we're just going to keep chugging along. You're about to sing, piss in the Ooh, night. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, on to the 35ers, we have returning P. Yang Louis versus debuting Martin Day. Martin Day coming out of that Hawaiian scene, as you're saying, bringing some of these Hawaiian fighters in. He's debuting in the UFC with a 9-2 and record. The... 30-year-old has had good competition level, being 9-2, and two, fighting on the Contender Series, but losing via decision over a year ago. He's had three more wins since then, most of those being decisions. Uh, we have a prototypical Hawaiian fighter, good all the way around, good serviceable ground game, good striking, but to me, he didn't pull the trigger as much as I wanted to. His pace was a little bit slow, and he didn't have a lot of power, so... I see a lot of 
decisions coming for in Day's career in general. Um, and for UFC caliber fighters, you kind of need to be a submission or striker guy. You can't just come in and be a decision guy unless you dominantly take those. And his takedowns and everything I saw in there, it just it wasn't there. And at 30 years old, he's pe- I feel like he's peaking in the next two years at 135 pounds. He's got a lot of competition ahead of him. Louis debuted at 14 and 4 already in the UFC, getting his debut against Damian Stasiak, a decision three months ago. Stasiak had a little bit of hype. I was on Stasiak. The Polish fighter came out and really shit the bed, but uh, Louis has been at that Team Alpha Male scene. Team Alpha Male has picked up a lot of these Chinese fighters, and Louis has definitely benefited from that heavily. Cardio went through the roof in his last fight. Spinning I think kicks. Alpha Male is yes. plain smart, and I think that TJ Dillashaw, he's a businessman first these days, and he sees the money to be made in this Far East scene. I think there's so much money, and I think even if he can get a small amount of exposure in the UFC to draw some of the audience there, and if it doesn't work, he'll still manage a lot of these guys where they fight for one or Bellator or any one of the other circuits. So I think there's tons. I mean, look how much money we're seeing the fighters peel off the UFC and make over there. 100%. 100%. Or um, even that Floyd Mayweather fight. That like, is officially re-signed. It was taken off because he didn't know about it. But now that they've taken kicks out of the fight and it's a boxing match, he's willing to find a, fight a 20-year-old fighter who kickboxes, not boxes. Of course he's going to win. Duh. He just said, I need the right stipulations. Right, 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 right. He just needs to have his hands tied behind his back. I mean legs. I mean legs tied behind his back. And it's and like the three rounds... You know, it's like uh, for rich people. It's just like... It's a, an exhibition yeah, it's is a, what they're formulating it under. But that is uh, combat sports related, but really low-level combat sports. That That's more of a stain on the sport to me than anything. Yeah. And it's busy. not even MMA related. I've read some funny stories about what billionaires can do afford to have be put on on a yacht. Like a group of billionaires. Monkey knife fight, baby. Like the craziest, like famous people. Like you can kind of just set up your own celebrity death. International waters. That yeah, that would. Hey, I don't agree with it, but uh, I might. I might want to watch one of those Mexican. Maybe you fights. got dropped off where it looked like it was just like. Uh, what are those shipping containers on the outside, like a barge? Yeah. But on the inside, it was like death match. Am I right? No, maybe not to the maybe not to the death match. Maybe just maybe not there. Like, ah, yeah, exactly. Where <laughs> am I, right now? I don't want to be accomplice to anything, but uh, maybe just till somebody taps. But definitely, I'd be down to watch. I can't say it for my Lou decision, which I whatever yes. with points wise. Yes. but I would say it about Yin Liang, and I'd be like, speaking of death match. <laughs> and I would agree with that. Or Yen, I see Yen, Lou just. Is it Lou or Liao? P. Yang is a minus, yeah. tw- a minus 225 favorite. And I think it's all of that new alpha male credentials that's really playing him up. And Stasiak isn't bad competition in there either. I would even say Stasiak might be able to beat a Martin Day from what I saw. I think Martin Day is actually going to punch himself out in the first round. And Lou's going to get better as the fight goes on. Or seeming looking. Right. I think his last fight with Stasiak... Um, looked boring because they stifled each other and Stasiak's not a walkthrough. I think we both liked him last fight. Totally. So, where... uh, Sorry. I'm just trying to get my bearings. At minus 225, how heavy do you go with Lou? 
Not very. Yeah, I agree with that. It's still untested. This isn't going to be... And that's why this card... Save your money for something else. This is a very untrustworthy card regardless of the fighters that are fighting here. It's going to be on the fence throughout most of the night. But we move on to the 170 pounders where we have the Leech Yi Jing Liang versus David Zawad. Both of these fighters have fights in the UFC. Zawad coming off of his debut loss versus Danny Roberts split decision three months ago. The KSW fighter... Has ha is a 16-4 and four fighter who likes to also get grand, get decisions in there mainly. Master of all trade, or jack of all trades, master of none is Sawad. Uh, does some good spinning stuff in there, but against the leech himself, we know what he likes to do. He's definitely been tested in there, 15-4. and four. Um, Had a interesting bout against Matthews where he did all that eye poke stuff, but since then has come back and beat... The Dache Abe and essentially a striking match. Liang is also one of those. Is he at Alpha Male? Not Alpha Male. He's at Top Team. China Top Team, but he was here in Florida for a while as well. I wonder if they got a whole gym out there of these homegrown dudes that they're creating. But uh, I don't need to go heavy in this. Liang's better everywhere. Maybe not the striking as much, but once Li gets it to the ground, or Liang gets it to the ground, which he has good knee picks to get it there. On top, he's so heavy, I haven't seen Swad get back to his feet he needed to. Against Roberts, who's comparable to Ji Liang's grappling. I, but I would say Roberts is less dangerous submission-wise on the ground. Liang is more. Um, and you got to watch your eyes around Liang all the time. You know what they say about them leeches? Watch your eyes. He's got them Ponzinibbio figures. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a decided favor here in the leech. I think he rolls here as well. I got a decision... Could see a submission going later on in round two or three, but I don't think I'd like Swad anywhere in this bout. I have um, the leech decision, but I could see a finish as well. Uh, I think he's going to be so favorited, though. Um, I think I want to hope this is a setup fight to get the crowd amped. This is like a perfect person to light the whole thing on fire, don't you think? I would agree with that. The minus 145 favorite, Liang, to the plus. 130 Suad, not that bad. I could see that being a minus 115 by the closing time, by closing odd standards. But being in China, would you say that you would think the judges would more like to tend to go against Chinese for Chinese fighters or not? The leech is gonna be juiced. <laughs> not a bad point. Not a bad point. What it's are these like the restrictions? Monster. I I also think that it's gonna be the Good new call. UFC, which I think we've talked about going forward. Is we're gonna see local guys stay close to their local scene so they can make local stars in their local circuits and blow these guys up. I wonder if they'll ever collide the best, or how many years it'll take for, or how they'll decide to do it. You know, like what guys they'll feed through of going through the market, or will they let the old guys go down? Like, look it, fight on the China circuit for a year. That way, we can keep your name in the sport, and you can totally juice to the tits. And they're stepping stones because if they lose, the guy just gets a bunch of hype. And out then of nowhere. we can like, okay, Dan Henderson, come back and fight. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not Dan. Not maybe good old dude. Well, I, he's just he's, he's been so too happy. much. Yeah, he's, he's been so too much. Right now. He's got the best wife in the world. Yeah, Liang. Uh, the leech decision. Decision as well. Um, but I think it might be worth a lot of points. Interesting at how close of a favorite that, that or how cl close. Minus 145, I would have thought Liang would have been over that 200 mark, personally. But 
As we go on to the middleweights, we have John Phillips returning against Kevin Holland. Both of these fighters have fought in the UFC, and both of them have got a loss in the UFC. Holland winning his contender series bout, but losing as of three months ago to Tiago Santos. He had uh, one of those few times where Dana White says, hey, I don't care, that guy talks so much shit during the fight that he will fight again. Because even in his contender series fight, Holland was talking to the ring side while he was losing or winning the fight. Didn't matter what it was, but um, he took some vicious power shots from Tiago Santos in there on short notice and was able to survive. And if he could do that, I don't see how Phillips puts together a much better game plan, mean being much a much lower striker than Tiago Santos or a much um, less powerful. I think Holland can use his takedown defense, which is not that good, but uh, Phillips doesn't have that good of takedowns on his entries. And as I was saying, his striking is kill you by a thousand cuts, not that powerful. So Santos can't do it. I think Holland keeps it up right here. I think Holland is one of these guys that's going to be a technical striker and beat you more decision, Lorenz Larkins. I don't feel he has that big of a ground game, but I do see Holland winning a decision. I could see it being a TKO in the second or third round, um, but we'll have to figure that, out, figure that out as the week goes on. I like Holland here, though. I don't think I'm going to be playing Phillips anywhere, regardless of where he comes out. How do you feel about this one? If Holland keeps that cardio, I think Holland submission round two, and I think it's a setup fight to have a submission. I do think most people see a KO. I just am giving John Phillips a little more credit here that he has that crow magnum type look that he's not gonna get knocked out that and uh he is gonna lack all the skills on the ground that Holland has. I think Kevin Holland's long, lanky. I think we're going to have reminisce. I don't even want to say it yet. It's going to look kind of like old Neil Magny. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to keep an eye for that. It's a color thing. I just think long, lanky they look fighter. Alike. He uses well. his reach a little bit. Uh, he's pretty well-rounded. I actually think this is a favor from the UFC. He really did them a solid coming through for that Thiago Santos fight. I would agree with that 100%. And I think the line reflects that a little bit. Minus 420 favorite Holland versus John Phillips plus 325. A lot of people are seeing more than we're seeing because that mean, that almost implies a finish guaranteed for Holland with that type of I kind of have a finisher Holland as well. I could see it coming too. I didn't like what I saw from Phillips at all. At all at all. Moving think, on to the 170. This is Dana. Thanks, kid. You helped us out. We like your personality. Uh, you... Uh, you have a fun, exciting style inside the octagon. Let's do business. That's what I think. This is a handshake fight. I agree. And if other fighters are paying attention, they see what happened here. And they try to mimic that in their own way. Not steal it. Mimic it. There's a difference. Gotta play ball sometimes. Totally. Totally, totally. We go on to the 170-pounders with a couple of other veterans. We have Ki Gong Song versus Alex Morono at 170 pounds. Ki Gong Song is fighting out of the Tiger Muay Thai scene, Thailand. The assassin is 14-4 against 14-5. Alex, the great white Morono. Morono is coming off of a loss against Jordan Mean Decision three months ago. Prior to that... He beat Josh Berkman, but also has had a split decision loss versus Nakamura. 
Kigong Song's coming off of a two-fight winning streak, beating Hector Aldana, who we just saw recently in there, and also Bobby Nash, who is no longer in the UFC. Prior to that, Kigong um, had a was coming off of a few losses on his regional scene, but a lot of people like what they saw in there. He has a wicked straight life, straight left hand down the middle, good cardio, tons of power for Kigong Song, um, and good cardio as well. That's one thing that I really thought was going to affect him in his fight against uh, Aldana. But into that second round, he still proved that he had just, he throws a lot of weight behind his punches. But technically sound. I like what I see from Song in there. I do believe um, the Tiger Muay Thai gives him a lot of international experience. But Alex Morono is a grinder. And you know at Lab B, we like grinders. We like guys that make fights dirty. Alex Morono has all of that capability, and in the third round is when he usually tends to shine. Usually. As of late, his last fight, I really thought that Jordan Mean took over in that third round and Morono faded. Morono's undersized to me at 170 at, a, at times in there, and I'm really torn up about this fight. I want to go with my boy in Morono. He's made me more money than not, but... Keegan has proven to me that he has a cardio to not get out ground. And I feel like Keegan can win the first two rounds and give up the third round to a more of a top game to Morono. So I got a dirty ass split here. I'm going to go with Keegan decision. But I think there's a 29-28. And I could see Morono being the live dog. Could you think it going to decision? It is definitely a safer bet to, with Song. Especially since the dirty split and him being low. In China. I, yes, and I do think that plays I'm to close it. with that. I just think Morono can squeak it out. I actually have Morona as a live underdog here, which mm -hmm. is always I. It's weird on the ones that you see somebody being maybe a live underdog. I usually fall for the underdog every time. I have him submission round three. I think that he can hurt him enough to grab his neck and cinch it up. Um, the competition level that he's been in there with is leaps and bounds better. And I think Morono's going in all the right directions, and this is his fight to lose. I do like Keenan's song, but it's just... I think if he tries to... I just don't think he's well-rounded enough. I think he's a great stand-up fighter. And not, then then what? So I do like Keenan's song. Everybody loves him. He's the hype train going forward. I think Morono can figure this out. He's kind of like a Brian Barberina to me, where he's just going to... Yeah, he'll ruin your night. He'll ruin your night. I don't see him getting finished in the fight. So. Totally. And I feel like we're saying the same thing here because I'm and saying... the other thing, Jordan Mean is no joke to me. We always yeah. talk about him. He's like a Strickland to us where he's like up there of one of those his guys mental that issues no, is his one biggest thing. no one his ever thinks of how good Jordan Mean is. Right. Going. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think we're saying the same thing here because you're saying third round submission, Morono, and I'm saying Keegan Song gives up the third round. And by give up, maybe he loses it on the scorecards. Maybe he gets submitted. So, again, I think we're kind of seeing the same thing here. If you're reading between the lines... You definitely see something there. The minus 110 favorite, Keegan Song, against the plus 110 underdog, Morono. I don't think Keegan Song is the best person Alex Morono has gone against. Totally. Alex Morono is by far the best person Keenan Song has gone against. I would agree with that. I, I, think, I think we have very valid points. Be sure to stick around to those Twitter and Instagram to see the right before those uh, Friday 
posts after waiting You're sitting what there, happens. you have a fucking plate of turkey on your lap, you have some, hopefully that good cranberry. Hopefully you got some of both. Hopefully you got that shitty old kind that comes out like... Is it by Saturday though? Is it the holidays are over? Is it already turkey sandwich time by that time? It's Saturday morning, you got a turkey biscuit with gravy and potatoes in the no, microwave. I hope when the they're listening to us right now. Oh, okay, okay. I hope they're listening to us. They have their earphones in. Okay, okay. They're staring at their okay. like grandfather sleep across the way. Uh-oh. Or maybe they're looking at like uh, some watching some football. American football happens on Thanksgiving. Oh, okay, not soccer football. Maybe both. I don't know if European. I don't know if it's even soccer season. Do what you do. Do you, boo? Go Arsenals. I'm just kidding. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anything about that shit. I hope I didn't lose half our family. <laughs> totally, totally just lost like five people right there. All five of them gone right there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know our European fans. <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving so, on before I get more into more Thanksgiving shenanigans. <laughs> The 125ers profile with Jan Wu versus Lauren Mueller. These 125ers. I can hear people say, this cunt, click. <laughs> already up. Already up. This dirty cunt, click. <laughs> so, Jan Wu, 8 and 2. I meant that to rhyme, by the way. Lost to Gina Mazzani via decision 11 months ago. And just remember what Mazzani has shown us since. Remember that. Decision she lost against 5-0, and Lauren Mueller, who just beat Shayna Dobson in a decision seven months ago. Prior to that, winning her Contender Series fight via decision. Um, foreign fighter, tends to fight in the States, Lauren Mueller. She is 27 years old against a 22-year-old fighter. You, in that decision, tends to be a striking fighter. Very low output. She kios like Holly Holm, his little sister in there. Every time Wu throws a strike, she and will stop. I'm going to do my Brendan Schaub impression. Damn, Laura Mueller, first team all hottie. Uh, first team all body, damn. And you ain't wrong with that on her contender series fight. She looked not as fit as she did for her last fight. She really profiled against Shayna Dobson in that decision. It looks like a decision to us on topology, but if you look back at it, that was a 30-26 type of fight, 30-25 type of fight. Lauren Mueller won that fight decidedly, getting take rounds, all three rounds, multiple takedowns. Dodson didn't have a chance, and I don't think you has a chance here as well. If she lost to Mazzani, who is border keeping her job in the UFC, I don't unless you's made any big uh, leaps and bounds at five foot nine. Maybe she's training with Alpha Male with that China contingency, but even then, Mueller is forward pressure, her takedowns, which are actually good, and then she has that constant forward uh, punching and rabid punching when she does finally take you down there. I just see Mueller rolling in every single position here. I don't. I see this being on most of my cards. I like Mueller a lot here. I think she rolls. I could see it being a decision, but I could also see in Mueller um, finishing in the third round. I like her DraftKings, even though I don't know her price yet. Because she's one of those fighters that throws 100 punches around. Maybe not that much, but 50 punches around. I agree with you. I think Mueller could finish it. And, you know, you usually bring a lot of technical info. I just bring, since this is an entertainment sport right now, (laughs) Mueller is 
marketable AF, and this is going to be a fight real fight on her. She could finish this fight. Right. I think she's worth... I don't know what she's going to be. If she's under 8-7, I think put Mueller on your cards. I don't think she is, unfortunately. She's going to be up there. She's going to be up there. She's minus 470 favorite. That's a 5-1 to one favorite right now, but I do think those lines are right. As we were saying, the lines Lauren are off earlier. Lauren Mueller is not Lauren Murphy's daughter. Just saying. Just saying. That'd be conspiracy. Debunked right here. She kind of does look <laughs> like her a little bit. I can see it too. I can see it. But it's not. That's Just not so white know. girl racism. And plus, I'm allowed to say that. It I'm allowed true. to say that. It is true. One of the few things. One of the few. So, um, yeah, Mueller everywhere. Regardless of the price pretty much there. Everyone sees her role. Staying with the ladies, we're in the strawweight division. Jessica Aguilar coming in against Li Ziang. Aguilar 20-6, and six, coming off of a win. The 36-year-old beat Jody Escabel in a decision four months ago where I had Escabel. Miller's going to get some dirty-ass ground elbows. Oh, I see that all day. Non-top rabbit punches non-top. It. TK around three. I like that. Again, stick around to that last Twitter and Instagram because we're going to post our final post weigh-ins. You have to watch everything at weigh-ins yep. and all of it, yeah. This is a special Thanksgiving, if you haven't realized, episode. Special, special, special. This one's called, you said um, it's called Grab Your Giblets. <laughs> <laughs> Don't grab your giblets episode. Zhang also fought in the UFC. She's 17-1, and one, winning her debut three months ago against our girl, Danielle Taylor. Danielle Taylor, been one of those big underperformers, I feel like, in the UFC. Being undersized all the way around. The 29-year-old fighter, Zhang, really put together a clinic on Taylor, showing good striking acumen, throwing a lot of kicks in there, a lot of punches, um, just having a lot of volume. And that was pretty much that one of the fight. It was her takedown defense was iffy, even though Taylor didn't really shoot takedowns. And against Aguilar, she has to worry about that because Aguilar shoots a lot of takedowns in there. Striking-wise, um... Zhang has the decided advantage striking. I don't think she finishes Aguilar because Zhang is more kill you by a thousand cuts than anything. Um, but I think that if Aguilar gets this to the ground, not only could she grind this out on top for three rounds in a decision, she potentially can get the finish here. I have heard, I'm just saying, Aguilar might be squeezing some extra juice in there. I can't remember my exact sites, but uh, I'm telling you, I've heard some promiscuous things going on about it. I got Aguilar for a dirty-ass split decision. I think this is a sloppy, gross fight. People are going to feel dirty at 2 a.m. You're going to want to take a shower early in the morning after this one. I got Aguilar. Dirty split. He's like, I'm sorry I'm this. taking a shower. I just watched this lady fight. Wait, it's not what you think. I'm actually going the other way. I see the dirty split as well. I'm just giving it to the hometown girl if it goes to the judges. 100%. And I see that. And that's why I don't like this betting-wise. I don't like on DraftKings, regardless of what this bet's going to be. I feel like they're both fairly low in the output and all that. Um, I'm going with a big underdog here. I'm going with a big underdog. You have the decided favorite at 420 for Zhang against the plus 335 underdog jessica aguilar is it being crazy you're here? really no i think you're actually really smart about it because you're not going to finish jessica aguilar you're Thank not going to you. finish her and any of the submissions you got beforehand that's that's that 
that ain't that's this a China scene. Shit. That that's a China scene. Level. That ain't the UFC shit. 100%. Jessica Aguilar has been in there with some real peeps at this point. I could see myself swaying at weigh-ins. I want to think they're like building up Jing to be like the next big thing. Super, but. Yep. Jessica Aguilar, we're, 36 isn't old in the women's division. They're not taking all the brain trauma. With the speculation of a little juice thrown in there, just throwing that out there. So, even more of a reason, like, maybe Aguilar's like, ooh, feels good. I am in China. <laughs> USADA is on the other side of the planet. Maybe she has a little lucky cat. <laughs> is that Chinese or Japanese? Oh, shit. So, oh, sorry, <laughs> DraftKings. <laughs> DraftKings, would you play Aguilar or Zhang? I guess we should wait. I shouldn't speculate on that DraftKings bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. Right now, I have Zhang right decision, but I probably I see it being low output, low scoring for both women. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, if you needed a midnight shower, you might as, you might as well just stay in the shower because you got Rashad Coulter at two hundred and five pounds versus. Yozong Hugh, who has also fought in the UFC, the three and one Chinese fighter, lost his decision or his submission loss against Surreal Asker eleven months ago. I remember watching Hugh. I remember picking Hugh because he had been a part of that alpha male scene and he had come over back in the day. But guess what? I didn't see in the ring when he fought Asker. A UFC level fighter. Hugh is a striker with no striking, nor cardio, no takedown defense, limited ground game, and limited heart from what I saw in his last fight. Do you think it's weird that these are both two fatty fats moving down to 205? Great point because I was eventually going to get there and that may help Hugh a little bit because he's going to feel more athletic than ever, but I think that also plays into culture a little bit. Um, but also with culture being eight and four, I feel like here at Lat B, we like to say when these heavyweights move down to 205 and 185, they don't do as good other than Cannoneer because the advantage they had at 205 was that they were faster. In this specific matchup, I think these are both bottom of the barrel fighters. I think these are both some of the lowest caliber at 205 or 265, regardless of the weight that they go at. And Coulter has come in here and not done nothing but underperform. Somebody who loses to Chase Sherman... <laughs> how do you really like how do you put any faith in that at all same with surreal asker i could be said for that even though he's had a couple better wins in there rashad coulter lost to Della roca rashad coulter i mean tight toolbox doesn't look so bad in there but rashad coulter gets his eggs legs beat apart he gets his chin picked apart he's a human punching bag in there but I don't see Hugh having that power. I don't see him having the striking accolades. And uh, I think Coulter lands an overhand right that knocks out Hugh. If not, I see Richard Coulter being able to win the grappling exchanges. I could be wrong because the young uh, Chinese fighter has more to grow. I think we see more of the same culture where maybe we see a newer Hugh. But I can't bank on that. I can bank on what I've seen as of late. And I don't, again, Hugh is bad. I'm going to stay clear away from this fight all the way around. 
I'm going with Coulter, and I'm going to probably stay in the shower for this one. Who do you have in this fight? I was going to say, you know what? If you're following us everywhere, uh, like I said before, this is going to be the uh, main event of the preliminary card. So make sure you're liking and subscribing before we're getting into the main event. So if you are on our Twitter or on our Instagram, or I don't even know if Facebook gets anything from us. I don't even know if we go on the book at all. I don't know what happens over there. But if you are on these places... You probably can get our last minute. I don't even want to tell people something here because I think either of these guys could just ruin your night. Either just That's ruin not a bad and call. It, your night's gonna be ruined in under sixty seconds. This fight will not last past the first round. Minus one seventy five favorite Rashad Coulter. That's the Coulter. only prediction I have. It won't go past the first. So Rashad Coulter being almost a two to one favorite against Hugh. I'm siding on that, but as Lesbo's saying, there's zero confidence in this fight at all. Because what's worse, Hughes only fought guys with zero records, sure. and Askrell, um, or in Coulter's, only fought guys with losing records. So it's like, I don't know which is worse. I, I would agree with that. I'm going to sprinkle Coulter in there, but it's maybe that 20% in there, because he could get 100 points, but so could Hugh, and uh, Roundtree, you fooled me once. You can't fool me again, and these guys are looking to fool everybody on this night. All right, we go Here on to... Here comes my favorite fighter of the whole night. The song that I'm going to jump on the train is your dong song. Let me hear that dong dong song. Yeah, dong song. And everyone's like, I wonder if Cisco's gay. Wonder. I watched that video game again as of late, and I was like, I might be 2% gay after watching that. <laughs> You're like, he's not interested in this movie at all. Oh, and I remember watching that thong song, doing very meticulous fight foot fight study on your thong song when I was a kid. I mean, uh, <laughs> that thong song. <laughs> you were doing a one-handed cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> Let no, me see just, your thong song. I was doing cartwheel. tape study on your thong song before there was tape study. Being a young juvenile in there. But back to the fights. We got Yadong Song coming back in at 13 and 4, winning his debut against Felipe Arantes, TKO, against the debuting Vince Morales, or Vince Morales. Morales has some Bellator competition in there, getting a decision over Hugo, who is not UFC caliber, losing his contender series fight submission to Domingo Parate. And Parate has not been in the UFC yet. I remember that fight specifically in the Contender Series. Parate was borderline losing that fight. That guy almost was knocked out three times by Morales. Came back and finally got a, uh, was it submission loss, I believe, in that? But either way, fight of the year contenders on that Contender Series fight. So people that are overlooking Morales in this fight, don't be. Great. This could be the fight of the night. This could a hundred percent. This could be the fight of the night. Rightfully so. Good ground game on this young man. Can you bet on that? No, there there is no props to see which one. But that would be fun. It would be fun if verdict or if any one of those added to it as well. I would think a real sports betting site like a five dimes, Unibet, Bet Sports 360 had good design, all that shit sound. Come on, throw me a sponsor, you mofos. Yeah, anything. (laughs) Loving mofos. Throw me a t shirt. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that would be a really fun one. Yudong Song's been proven to also be that high level of caliber. Looking good against Durante's four months ago, he's been out of that American scene, getting really good. Alpha male, 
for Winklejohn for this guy has been saying nothing but really, really good things. Um, I think that Winklejohn is, or Jackson Wink has been with Hugh and a couple of these other fighters as well. It's Alpha Male and Jackson Wink are the two camps that have picked up the China guys. So, Song, tons of power, throws a su super heat, super, super heat in there. Um, makes people a little tentative gunshot. We haven't seen his cardio in there. Tons in there, same as Morales. Um, I think there's a coin flip of a fight. I think people are all over Song on here, and it's wrong. I like Morales in this spot. I have Song decision. I'm going to say hometown advantage gives it to him a little bit more. Um... But really, Caliber, fighter versus fighter, these are both such fun prospects. They're both going to have a ton of fights moving on at 135 pounds. I guarantee you we're going to be talking about these guys positively moving on. I don't think there's a loser here, but I do have Song winning this fight. I have Song submission, even though I think this fight's going to be a banger. I think it's going to be a banger. Song's just not going to be able to get him out of there and just ekes him out a little bit on the ground. I think this is going to be one for the record books, right? When we think it's all solidified with what fights are going to be exciting that we're talking about. And I also think both fighters, like you're saying, are ones we're going to talk about going forward. We might even see one of those like where they fight again or a trilogy after this. I'm wondering if we're going to see a Dong Song fight anywhere else out of China or if they're really just going to push him as a local star. But I think he has all the makings for it. He could be my favorite China fighter. I have your uh, Dong Song submission round three. Definitely. And the more and more, just look at He, as a Chinese fighter, athletically built, Yudong Song is probably the most athletic fighter I've seen in there in a long time. And it doesn't matter the race. He, and he's so young. Yeah, 20 years old and... He's like a better version of Sage North. I was about to say the same thing with actual power. Yeah. With like legitimate power and He doesn't just technique. have um, glamour muscles. Yeah, and isn't all glamour muscles. muscles. Definitely, definitely. And when Alpha Male is giving you props that they were, uh, something to look out for. I'm excited for that one. If there's a reason to wake up, the showers should have woken you up for those two prior to. You should be wide awake and uh, definitely a treat to keep us going when we go into the that was starting off the main card on fight pass this is the second fight on the main card we have yozin yan versus sukuri kondo kondo being six and one losing her not her debut her second fight in the ufc to botello tko a body shot in the first 60 seconds Kondo came out with all sorts of accolades out of Japan I was big on Kondo Botello shit all over my card and then I uh, got my revenge with Cavillo Botello you suck so <laughs> you know who Botello should fight next who's that KK ooh I like that KK uh, needs call. that fight KK she, needs a workup a, fight. that fight striker versus striker love it I love it good call good call but uh, Kondo Comes in with that Taekwondo background on the ground. Not good at all. Has okay striking, def uh, not striking defense, takedown defense, where she uses her forearms on the clavicles and really keeps the fight where she wants to. But against Yan, she doesn't have to worry about that. Yan's takedowns are low caliber. She does step behind the knee and have a, a trip takedown in there, but they tend to be more at the later rounds and when she's losing. Um, she likes to throw a lot of kicks in there as well. No power behind any of her punches. She's coming off of a win over Vienna four months ago, but Vienna Pereira has not been 
UFC caliber, neither is Caitlin Curran, who she also has a decision win. I would say controversial split decision win in there as well. Um, I see this fight being a split decision either fighter. I also have it as a coin flip of a fight. And I think that uh, Jan being the hometown favorite, being one of those fighters who also likes to Holly Homan and throw a lot of kiosks in there, I got Jan winning a dirty-ass split. I see 29-28. I think the foreign fighter comes in here to lose a little bit more. Kondo is going to make this into an iffy striking match. Might have to get back into the shower for this one. Dirty split written all over it. Who do you have in this fight? I kind of agree. Even though I really did like everything I saw from Jan out of her last two fights, I also look at the level of competition she had out of her last two fights. But I kind of think it's the same level competition again. I think this is a weird one to be on the main card. Maybe it's a little PC. It shouldn't be on this card. It's just not the level of competition. I think we're going to get a boring fight and a boring, weird split decision. I have yawn decision. Hometown girl gets a split. I'm going to say here the lines are off. Because Yan is a minus 425 favorite against a plus 335 condo. Not at all. 3 to 1 is not at all. Condo thrives in this spot. Kaylin Curran is a lady that begs to be finished. If she's not getting finished, I don't think Kondo gets finished. I would agree I know with everyone that. saw Batello, but we were just talking about you can listen back to our last episode. Batello big as shit. She has really fast hands and a ton of power for the division. I think it just caught uh Kondo off guard a little bit and I don't think Yan has the same kind of power as Batello. A million percent. And that's why this line is super super off. Not that I can play the underdog here because I can't, but there's no value at all in Yan for a split decision. There's no value in this fight. Stay yeah. away from it unless you... And you know what else is not proven on DraftKings? Just going with a filler and then four winners right. doesn't make for the real, real money that is a game changer. You need these finishes. Yeah, it's always solid if you just want to have a few to hedge your bets, but you need finishes. So I don't think either woman will be worth it. I don't think you get a finish out of this fight. So, moving on to... The co-main event of the night, definitely a profile fight at 265 pounds. These are going to be the biggest people in the entire arena. We're fighting <laughs> in China, people. Just throwing that out there. Two of the biggest people by far with Alistair Overeem versus debuting Sergey Pavlovic. The 43-17 and 17 fighter, Alistair Overeem, has been a tenured fighter at 38 years old, former UFC champion. We know what we're getting with Overeem. Amazing Kimuras on the ground, great takedowns, great striking, good knees to the body, good kicks to the head, straight punches down the middle. But just like Khalil, well not like Khalil Roundtree, more like Ben Saunders, uh, who I feel like has been a really prototypical no-chin guy right now, that's Alistair Overeem. He has every tool in the box to be able to win this fight other than the chin. He can get clipped with a fried noodle coming in from... <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know what to say. A water bottle coming in from the ring, and he will get knocked out. He can slip on a banana peel in here and get knocked out. And Pavoyich, what's the nickname for this debuting 20... Eight year Sergi. 
That's just his first name. Sergi, uh, the 12 and 0 fighters coming out of the M1 Global Right. I'm just, that was my racist Russian. I know specifically where you're going to know this guy. There's been some Instagram posts, some highlight reels going around of this monster coming out of the global scene who looks like a roided out steroid freak who is knocking out cans because that's who he's knocking out. He's knocking out guys. Are with... we getting to see Overeem fight in another country? Because we might see Overeem. We might see. Hey, does he have? No, he doesn't have asthma. That's Brock Lesnar. Is the new UFC Overeem? Is so, this? If there's a fighter that I say is a juicing, it's definitely the Russian that's fighting in China, away from USADA specifically. I don't see this fighter coming to the States at all. And if he does, guess who I'm betting against? Because he is a humongous 6'3", very muscular. Overeem can match him for that size because he's been juicing as long, if not longer. Striking-wise, Overeem's better here. Striking power... Either fighter has, it's who lands first. I'm going to stay away from this bout, even though I feel like Overeem, all the way around, better fighter all the way around. Um, Sergi does have good striking, good crisp striking, and it takes only one, especially at this point of Overeem's career. Um, I think Overeem, though, can just land a couple. The hard thing with Overeem is that he likes to do that stepping in knee to the body, and guys will eat that knee three times and land one overhand right, and it's over, where Overeem should have been headhunting the whole time. I got Overeem here, but I can't put any money behind it. I don't trust myself here. I don't think that betting-wise you should trust Overeem here. Again, I'm going with the what you've shown me overall, and overall, Alistair Overeem is a better fighter all the way around here. It's just that chin, and this is a steer clear far away from Overeem, but he's the better fighter in this position. I think he's a better fighter. I have him getting knocked out in round one, and I don't know why. It's really all glass chin. Um, I see this being a setup fight, and I think we get a banger of the winner in this fight and the loser of the next, like, those fights changing off. I think the winner of the next fight moves forward to fight one of the championship guys, Stipe or DC, um, and the loser of this fight will fight the winner of this fight going forward. And if it's Pavlovich versus Nagano, that'll be a one-round banger. And I'm thinking if... Pavlovich, like you're saying, just goes out there, puts his head down, and moves forward and just throws fists. It doesn't have to be skill. He can knock out Overeem at this point in his career. I think Overeem, he's only there for guys to build his name off of. The best thing that could happen is a whole bunch of people. If he gets a brutal knockout in this, the UFC cuts him so he can get a huge one contract and ride off into the sunset and make a bazillion dollars overseas somewhere. <laughs> but I just don't see this being his fight. I'm going to stay far away from it because who stick with what I know? What do I know about Pavlovich? So, what I would say with this one is the lines are actually pretty spot on, I feel like. Minus 125 favorite Sergi versus minus or plus 115 underdog Alistair Overeem. I think that that line's I think what spot you're on. saying, I think it should be the opposite though. What you're saying is true. Overeem is the better fighter everywhere. But I that's where I'm saying the line's specifically right on, where everyone sees the better fighter, but his chin is it's that just diminished. Too scary. Exactly. That even the betting's line. So I can I'm going to stay away from 25%. But I. <laughs> 
The suck part is the ones I'm so scared of that you say 25% on, I'm starting to realize are the ones you have to have on your card. Because they're the 10 percenters yeah, that are yes. on the winning lineup. You, you need to have Prezeras on your card. You need to have the guys that are bangers that are going to go out and get over 100. Totally. So actually, DraftKings-wise, regardless of the numbers that we don't have in front of us now, I think you do have exposure to this fight, and I think it's either way. I think you do 50% either fighter. We don't know who's going to win here, but I think it's a finish over him round one. You think it's a finish round one. We both don't think that this is going to decision. But, you know, heavyweights, you fool me once, you can't fool me again. And they tend to go to decision when everyone thinks they won't. Oh, I hope. We could very well get two heavyweight decisions in a row. Which would be horrible for it. But, again, what do we do? What do we do? I think exposure-wise, you got to have exposure to these guys. But all these heavyweights because of that finish potential. But, you know what, speaking of heavyweights... And your American Thanksgiving. This fight is your... I'm not a communist, so it's not a goddamn sweet potato pie. This fight is your pumpkin pie. This fight is your grandma's apple pie. If your grandma's passed on... I'm sorry, mine has too. Shed a little tear. I pour out some beer for your grandma. But I'm kind of excited this fight's happening again. Definitely in the main event, we have two of the biggest boys with Curtis Blades coming in against Francis Nagano too. This has already happened once. Cut stoppage for the 10 and 1 only loss for Curtis Blades coming off of a 5-5 winning streak. That cut stoppage came to Francis Nagano. The 11 and 3 fighter is coming off of a two-fight losing streak, the first in his career. Um, a lot of questions in this fight. We've definitely seen very dramatic trajectories for either one of these fighters. Naganu was on that hype train forever. You know, we were a part of it here. And it's kind of diminished as of late where Blades has finally started to chug along and become a top five fighter at the 205 pound division. And rightfully so, getting marquee wins over multiple heavyweights, Alistair Overeem, TKO, Mark Hunt in there, a couple other guys. Francis Naganu. I mean, the biggest question everybody has in Nagano is after that Miocic fight and uh, the ego. Francis Nagano is a boxer with heavy, heavy hands, okay takedown defense, but the cardio is definitely a weakness. And not that necessarily his chin is a weakness, but his mental state. And we saw that in that Derek Lewis fight. For Derek Lewis, he's already come back, had a title shot, beaten multiple other fighters. And for him... I don't think it looked that bad because he tends to be a low-output fighter. Where it really showed was for Nagano, who cut his striking percentage almost in half with the lack of strikes that he threw out there. Curtis Blades, I don't think is going to help that striking advantage for Nagano at all. That first fight, when they met, Curtis Blades was using those takedowns heavily. Lesbo was on Curtis Blades, Razor Blades on that fight. I was on Nagano. And I think when I looked back at this fight, you were spot on. When Nagano, when yeah. Blades, I never went against Nagano. I feel like you had, but can you look up at your tab and see if you went against them? Yeah, you were the one on Blades. No. No, no, no. Yes. No. I'm going to look back. We're both looking back right now. Yeah, to see our specific betting lines on this. While we're looking back, you guys should look over at your... Um, Dad trying to cut the turkey in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> but what we have seen since... I've never... Oh, wait. Curtis Blades. I remember. 
You picked Blades in that, I thought. And then I'm all Naganu. And then Naganu after, but that's what changed your mind was him beating that. And I had Naganu that fight. And the one that we had opposite, I had Henrique, you had Naganu. Oh, that's it is the one. Henrique. It is that's the one that you get. So I was all Blades all yeah, day. Yeah, and it was because of the takedowns. But where I'm trying to give you credit here is I think Blades was coming in that fight and was going to win that fight if it wasn't for that cut stoppage. Naganu was all sorts of gassed and only because of that cut and Blades was like I'm good I'm good but his eye was completely shut on there and I think if that cut doesn't happen Curtis Blades rolls through a 29-28 decision if not third round TKO now that we've seen Naganu fade heavily in those later rounds now that Blades has more fights under his belt we've really seen him get especially against Mark Hunt and Alistair Overeem, use those takedowns, and now that he's more confident with that D1 wrestling, I see a straight shot for Curtis Blades. I think it's direct shots, single leg, double leg takedowns, constant pressure against the cage, and with the weakness we've seen in Naganu's game planning here, I think he's going to be slow to pull the trigger. The power's not going to be there, which it wasn't for the first time, where Blades has said, Naganu hit, but it wasn't the hardest I've ever been hit, so... I think everything's rolling in favor for Blades here. I have him winning a decision. This is a five-rounder. I could see a late fourth or fifth-round decision, not decision, finish, TKO stoppage. I'm going to go round number four. Curtis Razor Blades using those elbows on the ground and position to win this fight. Who do you have for this bout? I've been a Curtis Blades doubter since this fight. And I'm going to go back on the Curtis Blades train. I think he's the real deal. I think he's young enough in the division. He doesn't take a ton of damage because of the game plan that he likes. I love Stipe Miocic. I also think Stipe Miocic, even though he was the longest reigning, it's because he was beating a bunch of dinosaurs in the division. I think Curtis Blades is the future, and I think he will be the future of the division once DC strolls off because he has a similar game plan of DC. And I think you're going to see that game plan. It's going to be takedown, like you're saying, takedown after takedown after takedown, until it's an ugly grinding elbows. And I think he actually finishes what uh, Stipe didn't. I agree. And I think Stipe could have if he wanted. I think part of it became playing like a cat playing with his toy in front of Dana White. Because yeah. there was a level of disrespect um, on purpose with the belt exchange and his coach putting it on and whatever. Um, I'm going back on the... Uh, I just don't think, I think Francis Nagano is a big scary guy, but he's a guy that should probably go fight overseas. I agree. He's made a name for himself as much as he can, and uh, I think he can make And I have to finish round three, but I think round four might be the better idea. Definitely. Once he's like, oh, I got a whole nother round of this. Uh, Curtis Blades, minus 200 favorite against the plus 175 underdog Naganu. I see that line getting more spread apart as the week goes on. I see it more money coming in on Blades out of either of the fighters. And as you're saying, the future Blades has been at that elevation to the TJ Dillashaw team. Which, if you're talking That's about the future, that's what I love so much. I agree with you. Well, TJ is at Training Lab in California. Well, he mixes it up because he also owns a gym with Cub. Yeah, Train. He owns it with yeah, but. Curtis Blades is a part of that. Is Elevation Duke or um, Dwayne Ludwig? That's the Dwayne specific. I thought Dwayne Ludwig was uh, Bang. That's the system. That's the fighting system. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was Bang Muay Thai. The fighting system. Uh, But I thought that was what the gym was called as well. Oh, I... 
I thought Elevation I was a completely a, different I, one, but I don't I, we know. Could, you could I think, be, but we could always be, talk about how Colorado is like the hotbed, also like the, a hotbed. the future. Like you're saying, the future. Either way you cut it, of MMA. Of it. So if you're following the future, you're following Lat B Leezy's throwing it out here hot on Lat the B's. holiday. Always. <laughs> We're gonna have the lappies coming out, but not still. We got Christmas time. We got time. We got holiday, a more holiday so, season. Overall, betting wise, don't put all your money on this one. Save it's it gonna be a late night. Or Save morning. it up, like I said, so you can afford Shevchenko. And a five round fight of Shevchenko, Yoana, you might want them both on that card. Definitely. You might want them both. But, but we'll not, talk about not that. Jump, when we get not jumping the shark. Definitely. Stay, keep your eye on for this one. Follow our social media wherever you can. Go outside, hit your little bowl. Everyone's relaxed inside. Be like, I'll take the trash out. I got it. And everyone's like, oh, that's so nice of you. And then hit your little bowl or your vape. Life's good. There's more food. You got a turkey sandwich tomorrow. But, well, that's a different time. Let's more the meat! Everybody say it mean. Who's that out there living the dream? Let's bowl in the bean. Who's that still smoking all that green? Let's bowl in the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's bow in the bean. Let's bow in the bean. Let's bow in the bean.